KRCL, Salt Lake City. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives weeknights at 6. I'm Laura Jones, and thanks for plugging into your community with us every weeknight. We'd love to hear what you'd like to hear on the show, so you can always email your ideas and your connections to radioactive at krcl.org. Coming up on the show tonight, Tamrika Kavtisiashvili, our globetrotting correspondent, is back. Hey, Tamrika, how you doing? Hey there, good to see you. So you are going to take the helm for a round of Music Meets Activism. Who do you have coming up and why? I have coming up a very, first of all, very exciting playlist that was presented by Felicia Baca, was the Salt Lake Arts Council, Executive Director of Salt Lake Arts Council. So we're gonna talk music and arts. You can talk about the whale. Of course we're gonna <laughs> talk about the whale. I hope you talk I about the whale. I came back into town and I met the whale, so I have questions. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to talk with you about a couple of things before we get going. And also, I have some tape from this press conference we went to this morning on the banks of the Jordan River down at Dave Riverside Library over in Rose Park. It's been 20 years since they first put together this Jordan River Commission, Tamrika, to focus on the river and do something with it. I mean, you've traveled quite a bit. There's the San Antonio River Walk. Heck, up in Ogden, they do great things with the river as it flows through. And it's about time uh, we really start focusing on what what the river can do for the quality of life as opposed to just being a dumping ground. It's better than it was in the 80s. In fact, they talk about that at the press conference. But Soren Simonson, in just a minute, I'm going to share some of his comments. And it's also the launch of the Get to the River Festival. All month long, there's opportunities to paddle the river, to get on the river, to do fun things around the river, to help clean up the river to learn more about the river. So stick around for that. But first, rallies and resources. If you go to krcl.org and click on community affairs, you'll find a list of events and cool people, places, and things in our community that we think radioactive listeners will be interested in. So at the very top, I've still got the festival season going, Tamrika. There's so much happening this it's weekend, awesome. right? Even though it's hot, oh it's my worth gosh. it. Yes. We get a break next Thursday, down to 96. All right. So <laughs> as mentioned on the show last night, the Utah Humanities Book Festival is up and running through October. Hundreds of locations statewide. Tons of cool things happening. Be sure to check out it. Uh, the links we have for you there. The Get to the River, Fist- River Festival is underway this weekend. Honey Days, a Salt Lake City local music and art fest happening at the Commonwealth Room in South Salt Lake. Also, Chalk the Walk at the County Library's Viridian Center in West Jordan. We were talking earlier this week, Tamrika, about cool zones with this triple-digit heat. If you're having trouble staying cool where you are, you can always go to like a public library or a rec center. Or, uh, you know, the movies, you can go to the movies, movies but the rec centers yeah. and the libraries, those are by and large, you can get into them free when it's this hot, folks. So we have a whole map that you can check out there. But Chalk the Walk is happening on the 3rd at the Viridian, so you can go check that out and then go hang out inside and look at some books. The Utah Youth Environmental Solutions Funeral for the Great Salt Lake happens Saturday 11 to 1 at the Great Salt Terre. Uh, starting tomorrow through uh, the 4th, it's the Urban Arts Festival at the Gateway in downtown Salt Lake City. And then don't forget, September 9th, it's KRCL's 909-day block party and record sale. It's September 9th. We are 90.9. Come on down and hang out. We're going to be doing the Punk Rock Farmer edition of Radioactive in the parking lot. We're going to have a live band. The Zizus are going to play. And they're going to awesome. stick around after and play some more. 
Stizos is bringing some empanadas. There's some other food trucks. Those are really too. good, actually. Yeah. Amazing. They're good empanadas. And then on the 10th, it's the Hispanic Heritage Parade and Street Festival at the Gateway and also the Grateful Tomato Garden Annual Tomato Sandwich Party with Wasatch Community Gardens. I, I try and go every year. Uh, but I've had pretty good luck with my tomatoes. Not everyone has uh, been so lucky with their garden. So uh, I've benefited from friends' yes. tomatoes. <laughs> I do not grow tomatoes. I brought some in, but they're all gone. So I'll have to remember okay. and get you some. Okay, but uh, anyway, those items and more can be found at krcl.org. Just click the Community Affairs tab to find rallies and resources. All right. I want to share this conversation. Well, it's not a conversation. It's a, a presentation at this press conference earlier today. Soren Simonson talking about the Jordan River Commission and the launch of a new blueprint for the Jordan River. We have about 30 different public agencies, cities, counties, utility districts, transportation organizations, and state and federal partners that are part of this incredible collaboration. We have nonprofits and businesses and major landholders, uh, Tracy Aviary and Utah's Hobel Zoo, Zions Bank, WCF Insurance, and Rocky Mountain Power, which owns a major Trans Valley Corridor that crisscrosses the length of the Jordan River across the Wasatch Front. And this partnership is just doing really incredible work. Uh, I want to just echo what Mayor Burton said up front about the tremendous accomplishments over the last 15 years or so since the original blueprint was completed. And incredible work that's going on right now. If you think about projects that have been announced recently, uh, like the Point of the Mountain or the Point, the prison site redevelopment down in Draper. Um, that is integrally connected to the Jordan River. In fact, the central greenway that's been talked about as part of the Point is the connection from the river to the Wasatch Mountain Range. Um, just last week, or I guess two weeks ago now, the Planning Commission in Saratoga Springs uh, approved Phase 3 of what's called the Wander Development which is about a 400-acre development right on the west bank of the Jordan River between Saratoga Springs and Pioneer Crossing. Uh, and the third phase will redevelop dozens of acres that will be dedicated as permanent natural park space to the city of Saratoga Springs as part of this development. And will incorporate boardwalks and nature hikes and uh, an elementary school that's directly connected to an outdoor classroom at the river's edge. What incredible things are happening around the Jordan River. Obviously, there's a lot of work to do, and, and uh, Jody and Ben uh, highlighted some of the work that's going on around restoration and conservation and weed management and the water quality work that's really looking in the entire watershed. Uh, great um, new tools that have been developed. Just this last session, uh, we, we know there was a lot of focus around the Great Salt Lake, but coupled with that, were really significant changes to things that will improve the Jordan River, which in turn will bring more water and help enhance the life of the Great Salt Lake once again. Um, the other thing that I want to do, in addition to all of the comments that have been made about the blueprint and the work that the Commission is doing, is I want to highlight what's going to be happening this next month. Today is the kickoff for what we have called our Get to the River Festival. Uh, this is the ninth year of the Get to the River Festival. Next year will be a big celebration. Uh, and we've got some folks that are here today that will help us with the planning and organizing and some fundraising for next year's festival as we next year celebrate our 10th anniversary. 
but this is still going to be kind of a grassroots event like the last two years have been during the COVID times. Uh, but it's really incredible to see dozens and dozens of organizations across the entire Jordan River Parkway corridor that are organizing all kinds of events to celebrate and highlight and bring conservation and stewardship-minded activities to the Jordan River. Let me just highlight a few of these that are going to be happening. Um, right after this press event, uh, uh, in about three minutes, we'll be starting the very first event, which is a commission field trip of this park space here, uh, this, this uh, project that was a joint initiative of Salt Lake Public Utilities and Salt Lake uh, Public Lands to take kind of this leftover forgotten piece of green space and turn it into uh, what you'll hear about during the tour as a really innovative way to think about managing stormwater. Rather than all of the stormwater that's collected off the streets just flowing directly into the Jordan River, these new basins and aeration and ponds and other facilities will transform how the water from the watershed or from the stormwater system makes its way to the Jordan River in a very different kind of way. Following that, we'd love to invite you tomorrow afternoon at about 4 p.m. as we launch at Inlet Park, which is the beginning of the Jordan River in Saratoga Springs. Uh, every Friday afternoon through the month of September, uh, starting at about 4 p.m., we'll be doing a series of paddles of different sections of the Jordan River. Over the last year, we've seen enormous investment in river access points, several cities, uh, and Salt Lake County uh, through funding from ZAP grants and outdoor recreation grants and other programs have helped to implement about 15 new access points, boat ramps, portages, removing a dam, the first one removed probably in 100 years, um, that brings more water back to the river to help address the watershed and the Great Salt Lake, but also opens up new incredible recreation opportunities. So watch for more information on the festival website, which is gettotheriver.org, where all of these events over the next month uh, are, are all uh, identified in our calendar. Um, the following Saturday on September 10th, um, like last year, we're going to have kind of a Memorial Day of Service commemorating September 11th. Um, last year was the 20th anniversary, um, but a lot of interest that was generated last year is continuing that program maybe on an ongoing basis. We're going to see many, many activities happening around the Jordan River. Uh, for example, Lehigh is doing a puncture vine pull on September 10th down at Willow Park, and many other communities are doing other kinds of activities. Mill Creek is going to be doing a cleanup day of service uh, in Mill Creek City's stretch of the river where we'll be paddling the river. September 17th, uh, Davis County and North Salt Lake are sponsoring another paddling event in the morning. Uh, from Riverview, which is one of these new boat ramps uh, at, uh, up on North Redwood Road near the Chevron um, uh, refinery, and paddling up to Center Street, which is the gateway to the Legacy Nature Preserve. The very last of our paddles, which will be the last Friday, we'll actually put in at Porter's Landing, which is the boat launch in North Salt Lake, and paddling up into the Legacy Nature Preserve. Not many people see that side of the Jordan River, and it's incredible, the wildlife, uh, abundant, and we'll probably see some migratory activity happening at the end of September as these millions of migratory species make their way back south 
for the winter time. I also want to highlight on, on uh, September 24th, uh, one of our partner organizations, the Seven Canyons Trust, is sponsoring an event called the Range to River Relay. Uh, that will be happening in the morning on September 24th and helps highlight the connected or, in this case, disconnected watershed, um, which will highlight the route of City Creek along North Temple, which is currently buried in a culvert underneath North Temple and empties into the Jordan River right at the State Fair Park in a little box culvert. And the work that, or that uh, uh, Seven Canyons Trust has been doing to help raise awareness, uh, raise funds, and bring um, public support and private support to the development of daylighting uh, these, these canyon creeks um, and reintroducing more natural ways of the creeks reaching the Jordan River, especially through Salt Lake City where so many of the creeks are buried. What, a, what an exciting event that will be. It will be a bike, uh, run, and paddle event, uh, either as teams or individually, that highlights City Creek and the Jordan River and this connected watershed in some really fun and engaging kind of ways. I also want to just highlight uh, one of our really incredible partners that's been developing the new Jordan River Nature Center, Tracy Aviary. We've got a couple of folks from the aviary here, including the new director of the aviary's Jordan River Nature Center, which is located at 33rd South. They just recently entered into a long-term contract with Salt Lake County to develop a campus that will rival eventually the campus they have at Liberty Park and provide amazing new opportunities for education, engagement, and learning right in the heart of where conservation for wildlife is happening at the Jordan River. If you haven't been there, come see their new property and the work that's emerging there for the new Nature Center. They'll be doing activities throughout the month of September all month long. Um, I want to just thank all of the incredible partners that are doing work for our Get to the River Festival. Uh, so many of the cities and counties and others have brought together, together this just incredible month of activity to celebrate, highlight, improve, restore. We'll be planting, we'll be weeding, pulling goat heads and and puncture vine and thistle and all kinds of things, but also just enjoying and socializing using this incredible resource that just continues to get better and better. So I invite you to come back, uh, visit the website again, gettotheriver.org, to learn more about all the activities happening over the month. And Soren Simonson from the Jordan River Commission. Tons of cool stuff you can do on the Jordan Absolutely. River this month. And gettotheriver.org. Again, the Jordan River Friday Paddle Series starts tomorrow, 4 p.m. And they're launching in Saratoga Springs at the Inlet Park. And they take out at Willow Park in Lehigh. Check tonight's show notes for a link. So coming up. Music Meets Activism. Give us a couple of names on the playlist that uh, Felicia has chosen. So one is going to be a surprise. Okay. I'm going to leave that for <laughs> the last one because it was a surprise to me, and I really want Felicia to explain it to me. Yeah, there's a story <laughs> that goes with it, I understand. So stick around, folks. Right. But there is Wilco. There is Rilo Kylie. Some uh, yeah. Johnny Mitchell. There we go. Just a few to wet your whistle, folks. In the meantime, I got a new single to share from a local band. Hi, KRCL listeners. I'm Joe. And I'm Shelby. And we're the, the Plastic, Plastic Cherries. Cherries. This is our new song, Lovers on the Run, and we hope you enjoy it. Have fun out there.
Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Love Promise, a partnership with local nonprofit organizations to support and strengthen our community. Now accepting applications for 2023 nonprofit partnerships. More information on Mark Miller Subaru's Love Promise and application process at markmillersubaru.com. Hello, children. You know who I am. I know who you are. And we all know who the who are. KRCL's Music Meets Movies is back. Returning on Thursday, September 8th at Bruby Cinema Pub in Salt Lake City, we'll be screening the most often requested film for Music Meets Movies, The Who documentary, The Kids Are Alright. This 1979 film documents The Who through live performances, promotional films, and interviews spanning 1964 to 1978. The film also features the band's last performance with the legendary drummer Keith Moon. The Kids Are Alright, Thursday, September 8th at Bruby Cinema Pub in Salt Lake City. One screening only, tickets at 6.30, movie at 7.30, information at krcl.org. Hope to see you there, folks. Well, I'm Laura Jones. This is Radioactive. About to turn the show over to Tamrika Kutisiashvili, who has been a host of the show on and off for years. And before I do that, though, I just wanted to touch base with you. Um, before, uh, a couple weeks back, we had you do a conversation about uh, Ukrainian independence. And you have connection to that part of the world, being born in former Soviet Russia. And since that aired, um, Gorbachev passed away. And I'm just kind of curious to get your, your take on it, especially given the current state of affairs with Russia, Putin, Ukraine. Gorbachev was definitely, you know, I mean, that's my teenage years, like glasnost, perestroika. I don't know how 
big those words were here, but I grew up with them, right? Like all of late 80s, early 90s. Um, Gorbachev has, you know, there's lots of mixed feelings. Some people obviously love him because they feel like he was, I mean, he was the first one to like lift um, uh, kind of the media up. You know, he began to allow some voting and uh, he kind of is considered a hero by some. But then, of course, current government thinks he destroyed something that was truly uh, beautiful, which was Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. So there's mixed feelings, you know. Um, For sure, I think the history would be really different if Gorbachev did not come to power. And he kind of came to power by accident. He he wasn't supposed to come to power. People before him, like someone was there for a couple months and... um, and uh, it was Andropov. Andropov wasn't it? was there, and um, it it kind of happened, I think, unexpected to him. But uh, but when it did, he kind of took on this role of trying to save the Soviet Union. Although I, I he always said he believed in communism, so he was trying to figure out how to have communism and kind of free enterprise combine, yeah. which. Yeah is not an easy task. Well, and we also had you as a guest on the show this year talking about um, what's going on with Ukraine. And we had, I think, someone from the Ukrainian Association perhaps on with you tonight. I'm yeah, trying to remember. Yeah. But just the, the push-pull from people not over there right now, and it's, it's easy to say all Russians are bad. And then you have um, Gorbachev, who was a hero to the West, certainly, and, uh, you know, Reagan saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, and then the wall comes down. And I'm obviously simplifying things. But this conversation keeps going and going around and around about Russia and its role on the national stage. And then you have Gorbachev pass away. And the, the, the biggest thing I've seen is the Pizza Hut commercial. Nobody's right? talking about it. <laughs> well, especially because everything would be so different yeah. if Gorbachev didn't come to power, right? All of the all of the countries, including the country I'm from, Georgia, but also including Ukraine, um, this idea of us becoming independent would not would have not happened, you know. So yeah. if we didn't become independent, what would have happened, you know, and so on. Would so we be here right now? It would be super would different. Would Russians be better off? Would Ukrainians be better off? And it's hard to tell mm-hmm. if communism, uh, maybe not in the current in the form that it was in but if that country as a union could have survived under the right leadership interesting well i wanted to spend a few minutes and i'm taking time from music meets activism so have at it all right so welcome back to radioactive and music meets activism i i want to say what's coming up though we have democracy now with Amy Goodman at 7 p.m and thursday night psych out with dj mike at 8 p.m Johnny is still walking the dirty boulevard. I can't believe it. That's how I started volunteering here was with Johnny. Um, that's at 10.30 p.m. Uh, I hope people tune in. I don't sound like nobody was rich at 1 a.m. Illustrated Blues was Jolene at 3 a.m. And every weekday morning at 6 a.m., John Florence greets you with a brand new day. But now... Let's get to music meets activism. So we invite someone from the community to talk about what they do, how they do it, and how you can get involved. So tonight, we are joined with uh, Felicia Baca. She is the executive director of Salt Lake Arts Council. Felicia, welcome to Radioactive. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to see y'all. 
Felicia, I want you to just tell us a little bit how you ended up in this role. Maybe, I mean, I think people can kind of guess what the what your role is, but if there's something unique you want to tell us about your job, but really, what was your path to this position? Sure, sure. Um, well, I went when I went into college, I was on a biology track um, and and took a very hard right or left turn into the arts. And um, I often have had to think about like how how did I get here? And and I, you know, I started thinking about the formative classes that I took in college and that kind of thing. But what it really was about is thinking back to my childhood and the exposure that that my family gave me to the arts. So it was having instruments around the house. It was dance lessons. It was lots of vinyl records and music. And that seems like right Utah upbringing, right? Music, dance. Yes. And and we kind of moved all all over the Western United States. But we, you know, I had parents that were uh, and, and uncles and aunts that were poets and that started arts councils in in local towns and and we you know um, did artful things at home and so when I really think about like it was embedded in me without even really knowing it for for many years and so so that I think was the beginning of my appreciation. I didn't know that that's that's thanks for sharing that that actually right away makes me think of this song that you suggested which is Silver Lining by Rilo Kylie can you tell tell us how and why you picked that song and maybe it's not connected to this path that you've chosen maybe it's about something else but what what, what draws you to that song well I think this is really a song about um kind of not being able to see the forest for the trees in some ways and not knowing that after a particular, I mean, it's a breakup song, right? It's a song about a breakup and not being able to see like a better place that you may be in, right? And silver linings is, is um, that's not a bad thing to be. A silver lining is like a positive thing, right? But it's in reference in the song to someone else. And, and then she says in the song, like, and now I'm gold, right? And so there's, there's parts of this song where the other lines I think are, you know, um, I never felt so wicked as when I willed our love goodbye. And, and so she knows she's doing this incredibly difficult thing. And, and she wanted to make the choice, but maybe didn't know that she would even feel better afterwards. And in, and the other thing I, Jenny Lewis is one of my favorite, favorite songwriters. And, and the other thing I kind of imagine in this song is she kind of wears a lot of robes like Stevie Nicks. And I imagine this like <laughs> silver lined right. like robe that's golden on the outside or she's just casting off, uh, you know, the but but that kind of double meaning of, you know, clouds or whether it's clothing or whatever it is. Um, I really like that about this song. And it's it's a happy, like upbeat song. I, I'm a sucker for hand claps. There's some hand claps in some of these songs. I'm trying to whittle my way down to hand claps in the next band. That okay, I, so it's just going to be a hand clap band. That, All right. uh, tambourine first and then hand claps. So I'm coming for you, band. That, <laughs> but it's a um, you know, it's it, it's an upbeat song, and, and there's some like pain and 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 glory to it. All right, let's let's hear it. I was trying to connect it to your like biology path, and then you ended up I'll in arts. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this connection better. All right, let's hear it. All right, and that's Silver Lining by Rilo Kylie, one of the songs from Felicia Baca's playlist, who is our guest tonight in uh, Music Meets Activism. 
Felicia, I want to talk about Salt Lake City and art, right? So every time I come back into town, there's something new, right? Every direction I look, and it's not only apartment buildings. That's a big conversation <laughs> piece, but we're not going to talk about that. I want to talk about public art. Okay. Um, but before we get to the whale, and we know we're going to talk about the whale, um, I just want you to tell me how do you, you know, the role that you play in the city, I feel like you have a lot of say, and I know it's not you alone, but you kind of have a lot of say, and the organization has a lot of say what our city looks like. And how do you feel about that? Like, does that feel exciting? Is that a burden? What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, um, I really feel like it's a privilege. And my particular role is one of public service. It's it's being part of the government. And, and the thing that I think most days is like, do I really get to spend public tax dollars <laughs> on making art happen? And and I see myself really as a facilitator of, of other people's ideas and the ideas of community members. And so while, of course, I have influence and, and we all have personal biases and, and things of that nature, like my role is kind of the scaffolding to prop up the artists. And so um, I, I mostly just always feel excited about the ability to like, I, I, I mean, I hope at the end of the day that the artwork that manifests from that is a representation of like many different community members in, in many different neighborhoods and and I think the thing that's really exciting to me about the Utah art scene and not being like in a major art center like LA or New York is that there's kind of a niche for everyone. I mean, my background is in contemporary art, but I love that there is a place for all different kinds of artists to thrive in Utah, whether you're a traditional landscape painter or you work in like conceptual media or digital art. Like I I feel like there's a home for all those artists here and to be able to try to serve the most broad spectrum of those people is really exciting to me. So I just uh, am happy about getting to scaffold that and and um, that shape. That's what I want to be reflected in the visual landscape. So you brought up representation, right? So I have to ask about the whale. I mean, yeah. because, you know, <laughs> the, the biggest criticism was that maybe it was not representative of Utah the way sure. majority of Utah. And we don't need to rehash the literally. argument. I think literally, <laughs> right. We all... We all know it, but but I just want to know where that stands now. You know, sure. like what what what's your uh, take on it now? Sure. Well, we um, I, I am a huge fan of the whale. <laughs> I couldn't. I don't think we could have imagined where this would go. And and this relates a little bit to one of the one of the songs on the playlist. But it's this idea of like when you set something free into the public realm. That's the best part about art. Is like it's no longer your thing or even the artist's thing. It's like everybody gets to arrive at this with their their cultural baggage and their ideas and and all these things. And so. Um, it has just been absolutely, uh, I would say, a majority of <laughs> a blast. Like, it has 
spawned so much art in the community. I mean, there's been performances that people are making videos of at the site. There's like multiple whale tattoos. There's a song written by an independent. Um, I, I think a whale Salty has a Joe, the gnome Twitter account, right? Or the whale has multiple social media yes. accounts. I mean, it's so fun. I do creep on the social media a little bit, and it's like, hey, we spent our anniversary at the whale, or it's like a stop on the marathon, or it was like a filming location, <laughs> you and know. And for our listeners, in case, uh, just to make sure people know where the whale is, if they yes. don't know, it's on 900 South and 1100 East. And we're talking about the whale because it did create kind of a controversy. Some people thought it didn't belong um, in this Western uh, desert, you know, and sure. other people thought it was silly and goofy and representative sure. of uh, an idea. Yeah. And the uh, the artist is Stephen Kessler and the muralist Mike Murdoch. And the whale was really about this, um, you know, part of, you know, a lot of what Stephen heard from community members about the neighborhood, but also his own experience of living in the suburbs and coming to this sort of oasis of a neighborhood where it was unexpected and out of the blue. And he felt like it was a welcoming community where everybody belonged uh, or did belong. And I just... Um, I feel like it's become sort of an anthem for that, and and the work has been successful in that way. But it's also um, taking on many other meanings, and and um, we're we're really pleased with it. And maybe it's something about feeling comfortable in the decisions that you make, ultimately, right? For the the, the city makes for itself. So oh, feeling yes. comfortable in your own skin, which makes me think yes. <laughs> of our conversation earlier on. One of the songs you picked is uh, by Wilco, yes, What, what yes. Light. Uh, just before we play it really quickly, what was yeah. your reason for the song? Sure. Well, well, um, I mean, this is a song that Wilco's another very favorite band of mine. And um, it's, you know, I think there's a song that has, it's a song with some hope, right? It's about somebody like looking for light and at times questioning if it's there. And there's a lot of um, lyrics about vulnerability and and everything's just going to be okay at the end of the day. And I think one of my favorite parts of this song um, that, that kind of relates to what I was saying is, um, and all of your paintings have been hung, just remember what was yours is everyone's from now on. And that's what I love about art is like kind of setting it free and, and it becomes, you know, something shared. We're social creatures. And and I think part of the song is also about this idea that, you know, we sometimes think we're really unique beings and things or pains or challenges or joys are really personal, but we're maybe not that unique at all. And, and when you kind of set something free, like you have these shared experiences that, as humans, which is actually just really comforting, I think. Great. Let's hear welcome. That's Johnny Mitchell singing California. My name is Tamrika. You're listening to Radioactive on KRCL, Music Meets Activism. And tonight we're joined with Felicia Baca. Felicia, tell us, how did you pick this song? I really connect with this song. I love traveling. It's a really important part of my life. And um, Joni Mitchell is so good at these really um, beautiful kind of vignettes of painting pictures of, of different scenes. And I love this tension of 
um, bouncing around to different countries and and kind of indulging in the local culture and the experiences that she has and then always having this longing to kind of come back home and the line where she talks about will you take me as I am strung out on another man it's like um she wants to go again right like she wants to go to another right. place but she talks about how they're lonely sometimes too and and everybody needs a good California song <laughs> too. Absolutely. And just that um, that tension between wanting to be gone in new places and coming back and, and feeling like the comfort of a place where um, it's just home. Because we're talking about California, I want to ask you kind of this comparison question about Salt Lake. I'm so fascinated about what Salt Lake is becoming and what it was and the change to me, it's really interesting because I come and go a lot, so it's very visible to me. So the the question is about what, like if you could imagine Salt Lake to be any city, and not in this like abstract way, but the city that it actually could be, and I'm talking about more about public art and in, in that kind of manner, what city can you see Salt Lake kind of looking up to or wanting to be? And I'm talking about in in the United States. So I, um, something you should know about me is I can't pick favorites. <laughs> it's an incredibly challenging question for me. But I will say, I was just um, recently in Detroit. And I went there for the music history scene and for the art and architecture scene. And I was just blown away at like the level of historic preservation, despite having many buildings, of course, that are in decline or, or abandoned or destroyed, like the um, passion for the visual kind of aesthetic of the community and, and not just visual things, right? Like so much of um, that community has been through a really slow and long kind of economic decline and racial injustice and and that is manifested in the art in the city from you know murals to the way their buildings are built to the kind of pop-up activations and music in the city and and that's what's really exciting to me about um a place like salt lake city growing into is telling those all those different stories of of where you've been and and really like embracing art as part of your value system which from just from walking around the city, like which public art pieces do you think that do the best? Like, do you have yeah. some favorites that kind of jump out for you yeah. as kind of really good representatives of Salt Lake City? I really love the Bridges Over Barriers project. Um, this Tell was, us about it. To our listeners. Yeah, it's it's a tile mosaic mural um, project on a UDOT underpass on uh, between Sixth and Seventh West and Third North, and yep, just right there. And um, it, and also there's like um, st- stain or painted parts of the murals. I mean, it's something like twenty two thousand square feet, and it was created with many organizations and people too many to name but from about 2005 on and I think it's such an incredible representation of real and true community engagement in a project where it really reflects the community members and there's a huge sense of pride and ownership over the work all there's um father time and and mother earth on different sides of of the underpass painted and then each of the columns represents a different kind of like community member or maybe their profession so there's like farmers and physicians and mechanics and all these just really um, 
it's just such a wonderful project. That's one of my favorite art projects in the city. I noticed that um, there is a new project uh, coming up. There's probably a few different new projects coming up, but one of them is Life on State. And to me, that's fascinating because I think State Street is like love or hate relationship. I've met people that absolutely love State Street and then people that don't, right? But you're definitely working on beautifying the sure. State Street. So tell us tell us about this project. Yeah, the Life on State project is really exciting because um, one of the things I'm most proud of with this um, project and, and really our public art manager, who is um, Renato Almedo Gonzalez, was um, that we really lowered um, barriers to access to have a public art commission, which is a challenging field to break into. So artists could just apply with a pencil drawing, whatever, we would render these designs into neon. And so the neon artworks are really hearkening back to that history of State Street, um, kind of in its former glory. And the different depictions that are done by various artists are just about how they interpret, you know, the history of, of State Street. So there's um, low riders and there's references to the ox carts and there's, um, you know, food references to different, um, you know, cultures that had restaurants on State Street. So we're really excited about this project. I wanted with that play, this Arms of Mind by Otis Redding that was one of the songs you picked uh, is that any way connected to kind of what you were talking about it's not connected um, to that but I will I'll just tell you an embarrassing fun fact about myself my very favorite movie is Dirty Dancing and we won't go into the heroes of the story but I have a deep love for um, Motown music which was a huge okay. part of my visit to Detroit and um this is just a good, hurts so good song about longing. Right. <laughs> there we go. Artist Redding. Arms of That's Otis Redding, this Arms of Mine. My name is Tamrika here on Radioactive. I'm speaking with Felicia Baca, who is the executive director of Salt Lake Arts Council, and we're talking about art and Salt Lake City and activism. Felicia, do you see yourself, because, you know, this is music meets activism, and I really wanted to speak with you. Do you see yourself within or outside of your job as an activist and as a doer? What, what is your relationship with those kind of words? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I I mean, I think I do. My background's in contemporary artwork, and so I've always been interested in the intersection of, like, social and cultural issues and art. And, and that doesn't always come through, um, you, you know, that literally in, in what we execute in, in a variety of our programs. But, but art is and can be, you know, it's always been activist work. I mean, talk about Motown music, right? Like, in the civil rights movement, um, you know, and, and other bands that came later, you know, Woody Guthrie and folk music and and the Sex Pistols and the Clash and and bands like that and so I think music and visual art has you know Guernica all all kinds of art and has has been engaged in activist work and so um, I I think it's kind of built into the fabric of it but I also see like just doing the work of advocating for artists as activist work it's an often overlooked profession or or value in the community but it's everywhere it's our shoes it's our clothes it's our home it's our buildings it's the videos that we watch while we were all <laughs> struggling during the pandemic it's music it's all those things yeah 
on the, in the bigger picture, why do you think it is important to live in the city that has public art? Because some people would argue, you know, money could be spent differently, right? It could yeah, be spent yeah. on other things, and we have yeah. lots of issues to take care sure. of. What well, What's your main argument yeah. to why some of our tax yeah. dollars should be spent yeah. on art? Well, obviously, visual objects are the currency that, that we often deal in. Not always, but and, and that's important. But public art is so much about, you know, it's free, it's accessible. It's about, like, um, you know, economic development for a city. It's about telling your stories. It's about belonging. It has so many functions that are so important to, to being able to belong and thrive and meet people in a community and bring them together. Felicia, before I let you go, if people want to be involved, how can they be involved with the art community? Yeah, saltlakearts.org. We have an incredible grant opportunity from our Department of Economic Development opening today, actually. So, And lots of programs, concerts, fun stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, now I'm actually going to finish up playing a song that I promised earlier. And, um, you know, I kind of want you to talk about it, but uh, I also want it to be a surprise. But maybe you should talk about it. So the song is Harry Styles, and the song is called Treat People With Kindness. Fantastic title. I don't know how I feel about Harry Styles, but the show is not about me. It's about you. So tell me <laughs> why you picked this song. Well, uh, um, you know, talk about arts in my life. Grew up as a dancer, have a soft spot in my heart for bad top 40 music. And um, I. it's been a hard few years for everybody. People are throwing tantrums on airplanes. We've seen a lot of racial injustice. We've been through a pandemic with a disproportionate impact on people. And we need a little bit of kindness in the community. And I think um, there's this great part of the song about, and if all our friends pass away, it's okay. And I think it's some of that old regime and a new generation thriving um, and just being kind to people. And it's got hand claps and it's really fun. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope <laughs> I'm the first person who played Harry Styles on KRCL. I think you might be the Woo! first person. <laughs> I don't even know if we should play it. Felicia, thank you so much. And thanks to everyone uh, on the show and to the executive producer, Laura Jones. Uh, this is Radioactive. Music meets activism. My name is Tamrika. Thanks for listening. Thanks.